0: It's only an hour. It's Jeff Jordan. Jordan, you can hear me loud and clear, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: You're okay. all good. You. I've uh... been having a
0: for whatever reason just a massive microphone issue this morning where my computer wouldn't even read the mic. So, I think I got it figured out. Uh, so, I think we're good to go. I do. Man, uh, Jordan, you won't remember this guy. CB mentions him in the chat. Uh, anytime there's a death in pro wrestling, uh, it, it's kind of a sad day, man. Rest in peace, Virgil. Virgil was... Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, he was his bodyguard, and uh, Virgil had some good moments over the year. I know Virgil's kind of a meme on social media, like you go look at sad, go just Google like sad Virgil, you'll see Virgil like the autograph table with nobody there, and he's just sitting there by himself, and all kinds of references to Olive Garden and meat sauce, but uh, yeah, Virgil's a big part of my childhood, so rest in peace uh, to Virgil, Jordan, uh, I, I do want to talk about a couple things at the top that probably don't pertain to stuff you deal with on a day-to-day basis, but we got to get them out of the way. One is UT baseball. The other is UT basketball. On a baseball front, 15-4 win over St. John's last night. I was out of the dish. Just a couple of things to take note of from that game. Number one, uh, the fact that the offense in two two midweek games, they've scored 35 runs, 37 hits, uh, i think. 12 of the, or 17 of those hits have been for extra bases. Uh Jalen Flores last night had a grand slam and a two-run shot. So they're swinging the bats in the midweek games really, really well. When And the midweek games matter. Like, those are typically where you're going to play. Yeah, they've got A&M on a midweek, but typically those are going to be your G5 programs. Maybe even, like, you might have a SWAC school on a midweek. The midweek games are the ones that you've got. Those are must-wins because those are the ones that – more often than not their home games if you lose those once it comes time for the selection committee to look over your resume those will ding you really bad in the rpi so you got to win those tuesday games the two most important days of the week for a college baseball program everybody looks to friday sunday and tuesday the two most important weeks because you can either avoid a sweep get a sweep win a series on a sunday and then win your midweek so the offense is swinging the bats really well i think two uh they continue to play an elite branded defense and a lot of that has to do with the kind of pitching they've got. Max Grubb started last night. was a little shaky. But the big news last night, man, Tanner Witt you know, didn't have a great start. His first start of the year uh, against San Diego. Came out last night and went out for one inning. The fastball had life on it. He was getting his curveball over for strikes. I don't know that he's ever going to be what he was before the elbow injury. But if this this is the most positive sign he's had in a really long time, and everybody in the program last night was just pumped about the job Tanner Witt did in the ninth inning. So I don't think he's going to jump back in and start it anytime soon. And those were almost David Pierce's exact words. But if he can get to a point where he can give you one to two innings out of the bullpen and be a stopper you know, later in the season in the conference play and into the postseason, Tanner Witt can still be a really big part of this team. And then I think the third thing that I want to mention is – You look at some of the guys in the lineup that are really starting to surge right now. Jalen Flores, I mentioned. Max Ballou's got some confidence. It starts at the top with Jared Thomas and Peyton Powell. Will Gasparino had three hits last night. But there's a couple guys that continue to struggle. Porter Brown still struggling really bad. I think he was in an 0 for 11 slump before he got a base hit last night. Jack O'Dowd, I think, is 0 for his last 13 with, I think he's up to seven or eight strikeouts now. Uh, David Pierce is willing to let those guys try to work it out. I do think with Jack O'Dowd specifically, it kind of comes with an expiration date because, man, the more I watch D. Kennedy, I know he's a freshman, but a guy with that kind of speed, that kind of electricity in the middle infield, I just worry about if Jack O'Dowd's struggles are prolonged, do we see more of D. Kennedy at some point? But David Pierce is willing to let those guys kind of figure it out on the fly. So those are three thoughts on Texas baseball. Jordan, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on Texas baseball. I know your guy, Nick Harris, uh, a guy Frazier, I know, is another guy in your circles. a guy Frazier is a huge Texas baseball fan? I don't know if you've got any Texas baseball thoughts, but if you do, please entertain us with them.
1: Yeah, no, pretty much just about everything you said is just. Whew. Um, I know two players <laughs> on the Texas baseball roster, and one of them I don't even know if he actually is on the roster anymore. Um, but he's a Lake Travis guy, Alec Grossman. Is he even on? I just I, I grew up with him and I know he committed and signed with them out of high school, but like
0: you know what? I never I,
1: hear about him and I'm not watching the games, so I figured I'd I check. I don't
0: think he made the roster coming out of the fall. I don't think he did. But I can this, look.
1: This most recent fall or like fall of his Yeah, life?
0: he hasn't he hasn't uh mm. hasn't appeared Damn. To me yet.
1: Well, uh, you know, wasn't always the nicest guy to me, so don't don't have any resentment. <laughs> um <laughs> And then the other guy I know is uh, Nick Sanders, Waco uh, hero. Does he play at all? Wasn't he like a big-time baseball recruit coming uh, out of La Vega? Alex I Grossman. I,
0: I can't remember Alex Grossman pitching Alec. an inning for Texas. Alex. Alex Grossman. I can't remember him pitching an inning for Texas. Yeah. Nick yeah, Sanders. Is- Nick Sanders right now is a man. He's a guy without a position because he's not advanced enough to – Take away innings from Kimball Schusler or Ryan Galvan at catcher, but he's still, you know, a fish out of water trying to figure out how to play for first ba- play first base. But you know, opening night he was a starting DH, and that's kind of where he's going to help them, you know, a little bit. It's not going to be a full time role for him this year, but Nick Sanders can mash, and he, I've told, and I've had people in the program agree with me on this. Nick Sanders, if you go back and watch some of his you know, Twitter highlights or TikTok highlights from when he was at Waco U, you know, he'd get the overrated, overrated chant. And some of those fences at some of those high school fields, man, it's like, you know, 330 feet to dead center. It's, he's, people are just booing and giving Nick Sanders hell. And then he's just dropping piss missiles on people. So it's, so it, it's hilarious did, to watch some of those highlights.
1: Did he end up finishing high school at Waco U? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I I first found out about him when he was uh pretty positive he was He I know he was at La Vega at some point mm-hmm. during his sophomore year. I'm pretty sure is when I saw him. He was a starting cute quarterback. And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, this <laughs> this motherfucker has some juice. And the dude yeah. I was there was like, he's actually committed to play baseball. And I was like, why? Like it, it's so <laughs> like it's so annoying with like i remember the first time i saw ed small and i'm like yo no one can guard this kid who who is this big ass white boy that honestly is like the least physically imposing looking kid ever i'm just like who is this dude out here and they're like oh that's ed he's a great athlete cool cool committed to texas for baseball i'm just like yo what the like
0: why You two know? words, Jordan. When you talk about playing baseball at the highest level, two words hmm. guaranteed money.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Ed Small pulled his head out of his I actually I don't know if Nick Sanders is ever good enough to play power five football. Ed small, on the other hand, uh, you know, a full ride football scholarship is gonna trump uh, a baseball scholarship yeah. a hundred times out of a hundred. So you
0: know, uh
1: and honestly, he's better than TCU. I don't know if he's a Texas level guy. He I don't think he's ever really gonna fit the description for what Sark recruits at receivers, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, you know, I think he could play at a school better than TCU, to be honest.
0: It's uh it's interesting because we've seen a couple guys like that. One that I know we're talking about Westwood a minute ago. Ben Johnson was a guy that helped Texas uh Texas get to Omaha one year, almost won a national championship. They lost to Vanderbilt in the semifinals and helped Texas uh, win a Big 12 tournament. But Ben Johnson was one of those guys that uh, he was kind of, he was better than a lot of G5 quarterback prospects, but probably not as good as some P5 prospects. And I mean, he had a spring where you know LSU, Oregon, there were a couple big time P5 schools that uh, came by to watch him throw. And it was one of those deals where he was committed to Texas to play baseball. And it was kind of like, hey, we we want to follow you through your senior year and kind of see where things go. But you know that baseball signing day is in late October, early November. And it was one of those deals where Ben just felt like he had to, he had to pick one. Do you wait and see? Maybe Oregon or LSU has a spot for you. Maybe they don't. Or do you kind of take what you know is going to be there for you in his baseball scholarship at Texas? Uh, ben took baseball. And I want to say his signing bonus was – uh I don't remember what his signing bonus was but I know he got drafted uh by the Colorado Rockies in the 12th round, 13th round after his junior year at Texas. So some guys it works out, some guys it doesn't. But yeah, Nick Sanders Nick Sanders is going to the his bat is ready right now. It's just he doesn't really have a position. That's the thing holding him back.
1: Got it. Yeah, but what you said, CB, about uh, someone at TCU saying that's still on the table. I mean, it fucking better be. Uh, (laughs) Isn't he like one of, if not the top, like baseball prospects in the state? Yeah. uh, Like, I hope. I hope it's still on the table because
0: he. I want to say, did Ed commit to Texas after his freshman year? I think.
1: I I think was before his freshman year. Was it before? Baseball, you can do because I saw him like in like one of. I, I didn't see him. I didn't see him in person and actually run a route for the first time until January of this year. But um, I had a coach at Lake Travis send me him during his freshman year. Like, yo, who the fuck is this kid at Anderson? We had no idea going into the game that we. I mean, Lake Travis still ran him off the field, but yeah, um, <laughs> I got a text from the coaches at Lake Travis. Like, yo, who is this kid? And uh I ended up looking him up then, and he was committed to, to play baseball at UT. Yeah. By, that would have been, like, October, September-ish of his freshman year. Yeah. So
0: 2021, yeah. I'll, I'll say this, too, man. <clears throat> baseball is going to be on the table for Ed Small. Even the guys like Patrick Mahomes, Jameis Winston, it, 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 it was hard for those guys to do the football-baseball double. And as talented as Ed is... It's especially now, man. Like we saw it with Brendan Thompson and track, like one, all it took was one track season, and yeah. Brendan Thompson was completely buried on the Texas depth chart. And we probably was never going to be able to move up. So it's, yeah, it, it's really hard, man. It's really hard to do that double.
1: Yeah. How long was Small Committed Texas? I don't even know.
0: Um, I mean, before his freshman year and up until what, uh, right after the Texas junior day, maybe. Yeah. Was when he opened it up?
1: Yeah, something like that. This Westwood, yeah. You talking about Westwood and this Ben Johnson dude? I really couldn't tell you uh, who he was. And also the fact that there's a sentence I'm reading that says Westwood and loaded in the same sentence kind of blows my mind.
0: Come just on. because
1: mo- most of my life Westwood is, and I know I'm talking from up on my throne, being a Lake Travis grad or whatever, somebody who attended there. But it's Small might also see like, hey, what can't he do? Uh, one of my favorites, one of my favorites. But the Westwood I know, we were talking about recruiting earlier. The Westwood I know was built through recruiting. It was uh, R.J. Martinez, who actually was supposed to be at Vista Ridge originally the whole time. He started his high school career at Lake Travis um, in at, at, at Lake Travis in the 2021 class. It was going to be R.J. Martinez or Nate Hernell. Mm-hmm. Nay Hernell actually ended up signing to go play uh, football at Pitt. Uh Lake Travis and Hank Carter Carter saw both those guys are great QBs. They're the same class. So their freshman year, the coaches sat him down and was like, hey, we're gonna decide with one of y'all to go with rolling forward. And the other one, like, if you end up transferring, we will sign all of your papers. Yeah. And they ended up choosing Nate. So what RJ looked at other options, he ended up at Westwood where he set like a bunch of records for single game stuff. But I mean, yeah. they could never win anything because RJ was the only player of relevance on their team. So, yeah. uh Like, oh, I think RJ ended up throwing for like nearly because Nate Yarnell uh, didn't even get a full season of ever starting a high school. i was going to say,
0: man, has Nate Yarnell thrown more passes at Pitt than he did at Lake Travis?
1: Dude, I don't know. There's a chance. <laughs> I know he's played a little bit at Pitt, but I think it was like in very much emergency roles. But yeah. It, it, yeah. Westwood, I don't even know who O.J. McClintock is.
0: O.J. McClintock was class of 90, was yeah. it O.J. 98 or 99? I forget, but back in the day, O.J. was 99 because Marcus Wilkins was 98. Uh, man, you've had Texas had some guys go, Will Matthews was a Westwood guy. Uh, yeah, guys like Greg Dolan, Dustin Mitch, guys like that. Uh, yeah,
1: that, that's got to be non-football, or, I'd assume.
0: Those those guys uh, were like at Texas before you were born, so okay, yeah. and and weren't players of consequence while they were at Texas. So some of those guys were. Will, Will Matthews obviously was. He was. Will was a hell of a fullback back in his day. Uh, Marcus Wilkins played in the league. OJ McClintock was good enough to play in the league. It's just, uh, kind of OJ. OJ was. Uh, there's a generation, Jordan, of of Austin area high school football fans. That OJ McClintock was there, Jelani McDonald, like he played quarterback. He played all over the field in football. Took uh, actually ended up taking Westwood to the state basketball tournament, uh, where they lost to I. I don't remember. I don't remember if they played uh, a Leaf Elsick when Rashard Lewis was there, or if they were just in the same state tournament. But OJ got Westwood to the state tournament. Um, Yeah, but. Texas never really found a position for him and he's it was weird because every position they tried to play him at it's like his body morphed into the perfect body for that position he was like a linebacker he was a dn he was a tight end finished his career as a defensive tackle I'm a dude O.J. Jim like 280 pounds and looks like yoked up like how the hell did he get that big so I don't know it was just weird but they never really found a position for him
1: yeah it it's just wild hearing uh I called RJ versus Cedar Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's the game RJ did it all. I never put together that Deuce Vaughn was in that game as well, but I mean I knew Deuce Vaughn is at Cedar Ridge. I don't know why I just never put that together. But yeah, it, it's just wild hearing you and other people talk about Westwood as being a playoff team because again, like the only exposure I've ever had to Westwood is like RJ Martinez willing them to barely being five hundred on like a good year.
0: Hey, um, we were talking uh we we're talking about when Rodney and Wags were still on there, we're talking about Stony Point. Stony Point had like a three-year run. I think we might have, you and I might even talk about it on this show. They had a three or four-year run where they probably should have won a state championship. They just, there's the one year, I know they ran into Euless Trinity where Trinity had a fourth down backed up at like the minus 30 and they ran a fake punt and converted the fake punt and then it went in the game. They were close. Stony Point was really close to winning a state championship mm. a couple times back in the 2000s.
1: Yeah, Longhorn Bear, I'm gonna accept that you're probably right and I'm wrong, but I don't know why I'm, I thought he had committed prior to his freshman season. But uh, with, with with Stony Point too, like I have the same like memories of Stony Point as I do for Westwood of them just being like at best like uh, on the fence playoff team. Like the the best Stony Point team I've seen or experienced would have been. 2021 yeah because that would have been cam cook's junior year and then it's funny stony point was supposed to have braylon james his whole high school career but charles burton got him over to del valley um and braylon ended up playing his senior year at stony point but even braylon's senior year when it was Cam's senior year they couldn't do anything because they didn't have a quarterback and like that's why cam's junior year was so good was they didn't have a QB. They, he would get, like, 50 touches a game.
0: But, it, yeah. It kind of ebbs and flows with some schools based on, you know, population cores. Uh, you know, the one that I think of now, like, I remember Hendrickson, when they had their run, when they had DeJay Johnson and Samache P. Ryan going through there. They haven't really been the same since. Uh, Round Rock, the, Round Rock's one of those schools. Round Rock High's one of the schools where it's kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit. Uh,
1: Weiss, Weiss has messed up a lot of stuff for, I think, the Pflugerville schools by yeah. opening. Because Weiss opened in, like, 2016 or 2017. And uh, it's funny. When I was at Shadow Creek on Friday, uh, a lot of the conversations I had with the, the coaching staff at Shadow Creek was, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, recruiting kids, but also dealing with their kids getting poached. Another you know, yep. big conversation point. Um sorry the bat, the bat phone Please. ringing
0: no um damn I just completely forgot talking about your trip to Shadow creek and poaching kids
1: uh, oh um gee what was I gonna say about I don't know but uh yeah you're the NBA guy the Brock Cunningham play last night Looked. Man, I, uh, I'm sorry, y'all. I I didn't watch the game last night. I passed out on my couch.
0: Well, but. I'll say this about the basketball game last night. Yeah. You know, RT and staff, they've, they've kind of gotten dumped on. And at some, at some points, especially for the way some of these starts have gone or, you know, blowing the big lead against UCF, it's been justified. I don't think some of it hasn't. But, you know, if you're going to knock them for the bad, you got to give them their props, man. They came out ready to play. Last night, RT had him ready to play, and you know they got up. You know Tech cut it to fifteen at one point in the second half, but Texas controlled that game pretty much the whole way through. And the the thing that's disappointing to me is we're not talking about you know, Dylan Dessou's great game. We're not talking about Max Aasmus, and I don't mean to be crass, Jordan, but I'm I'm at the baseball game. And I have. I put the game, I, I'm kind of I'm lost doing stuff, and I'm, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh man, it's 12 after. Let me put the basketball game on. I put it on on my phone. The text is already up, I think 12 4 at that point. And, and again, I don't mean to be crass, but I'm like, why does Max Ace have like a maxi pad on his head? Like, what the hell happened? And apparently, I went. I went back and seen it. He took a hellacious elbow to the forehead and had a gash there. It's the biggest bandage I've ever seen anybody have over a cut on their eye. Like it's just like taking up like half his eye. And uh, yeah, I woke yeah, up to and, those texts Jeff,
1: but it's this text this morning, seeing that in the group chat.
0: Yeah, it was. I'm like, dude, that was an insanely big bandage. Uh, but I, anyway. We're not talking about Max Acesmith's effort. We're not talking about you know Caden Shedrick contributing to that hot start or uh, you know Dylan DeSue having a twenty point game. We're we're talking about Brock Cunningham hip checking some dude into the scores table and getting ejected, and that resulting in trash getting thrown on the room, bottles getting thrown on the floor, and it sucks that that's what that game is going to be remembered for. <laughs> but I know I know the deal, and the the bad thing is, and I don't you know. Brock Cunningham's done some really good things for this program, but to me, the hip check—it's indefensible because it didn't need to happen. There was no, there was no need for it. Number one, and number two, it might have just been a flagrant one and not not the flagrant two. Had Brock not turned his head, looked at the guy, and then not gone for the ball and gone straight for the dude and you know hip checked him, so that could have been handled better the whole thing could have been avoided. Uh, it just, it puts a stain on an otherwise really, really good night for this program.
1: I haven't seen the play that you're talking about, but, um, uh, the, the family that Brock comes from is a very large family. And I was me and my twin brother really close with, uh, one of his younger brothers, uh, Carson, and we kind of all grew up together. So I know Brock and his family pretty well. And, um, you know, since since I met him when he would have been like shit, like eight or nine, he's always been the same, like hard nosed. Yeah. He's been the the dude you absolutely fucking hate to play, but you love him when he's on your team. And I think just I, to be honest, I think he's just extended his time at Texas. Like everyone's kind of ready. Not that you know he wasn't appreciated during his time, but like he, as a the the Texas fan base is very much like. They love him, or they absolutely hate him, and I haven't really heard anything in between on Brock, or at least recently. Mm -hmm. And you know, I know there's no way he can come back for another year, right? Like, right. right. This is it.
0: Okay, this is it. Forward. Double checking.
1: But you know, I think it's good that uh, you know, he he might be this might be his last, or this is his last ride. So
0: you know what's interesting, man, about Brock's career is he was never supposed to be. A player of consequence no. because when the Texas staff I remember when they took him I somebody that, and it was shaka staff that took him it was and, and oh geez
1: remember the real high school Brock Cunningham was at before Westlake if anyone can tell you you'll get some cookie points
0: I have no I could I couldn't tell you Jordan to be the Westlake
1: honest. basketball is is created the reason Westlake basketball is a the program they are is because they pulled from this school forever. Anyone any guesses in the comments? Data uh, private school. They actually have produced a first round NBA pick.
0: Oh, uh Saint Saint well gosh, Saint Stevens. hmm Okay.
1: He was all the Cunningham kids were at St. Stevens originally. And fun fact, uh the the father of yours truly also went to St. Stephen's and had most all their records before, um, you know, it it went. They started making an effort to be good at athletics and, you and know, dad, getting some real athletes in those doors. St. Stevens? Uh, I don't know. He played all their sports. I know he 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 owned a few, but I think all those went out the window once. Uh, <laughs> once Saint yeah. Stephen's made a, an effort to be better at, in athletics and probably Jared, some real. Jared athletes.
0: Allen, yeah. Jared Allen went in there, looked at your dad's name, and was like, "Who's this old f?" Yeah, like break nah. all these records.
1: That that shit was probably long gone by the time he'd been in there. Um, <laughs> probably. Showed up,
0: but, but you know, if you look at Brock's recruiting class that he was in, and I was like, man. the reason why I was told, one of the reasons why I told they they were taking him, because Oklahoma, Lon Krueger and that staff got on Brock early. And Texas Tech's commitment, I was told one of the reasons why they did it was they took him because they had taken guys in that class, two guys in particular. Gerald Liddell was a top 40-ish guy in the country out of Cibolo Steel. Kamaka Hepa was a top 50-ish guy. They basically took Brock Cunningham thinking, man, he's going to toughen up. Kamaka Hepa and Gerald Liddell. like He'll he'll make them tough. <laughs> and Sorry. neither of those guys ended up panning out at all. I mean, Kamaka yeah. Hepa had a decent little career at Hawaii at the end, but I mean, Gerald Liddell didn't do anything really of consequence. He had a couple games here and there. And you look at the rest of that recruiting class. I mean, Courtney Ramey, I don't think Courtney needed any help toughening up as a being a St. Louis kid. Uh, and then Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes was going into his freshman year the expectations was that jericho sims was going to turn the corner and develop into you know a first round draft pick and it was pretty early in that year when jackson hayes was not getting much time i'm like um i think they're hyping the wrong guy as being a first round pick because it was obvious I man darren horn did a phenomenal job with jackson hayes with the eval and then with the development we got on campus uh jericho sims is in the league right now so nobody's wrong about jericho sims upside but Man, you look at that recruiting class, it's man, it's a Tomica, cast of characters. Man,
1: the reason I was just laughing about HEPA is because I just got reminded of all the things I've heard said about him and watching Texas basketball games over the years with a few other family members. Um, not 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 huge fans of HEPA, I should say. Um, <laughs> but man, Courtney Ramey, he was fun. Um, I mean. And it's just it's funny to me, like that Texas was like, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get these kids who we think are really good, but we think they're you know need some toughening up. And to do that, we're gonna go get this kid from Westlake who like grew up in eight thousand square foot houses. That's like uh but like like Brock isn't a tough guy in my opinion. He's a salty guy. You get what I mean? But yeah, it's also because yeah. I actually like know him and saw how he grew up compared to where other people to see like this guy who kind of bumps into people on a basketball court.
0: Yeah. So it's uh, re- re- trying to recruit toughness. That's uh, that's the old adage. Like when people would ask Mike, I mentioned this yesterday with Chris Dukes filling it for you. Like, people used to ask Mike Leach, Hey, how do you, how do you coach accuracy? You know, what Mike Leach's answer was recruit better. That's how you coach accuracy. Like, you can't, you don't you don't coach accuracy. Like, you can't you can't coach toughness into somebody. I mean, I guess to an extent you can,
1: but and didn't didn't Gundy's son go in the
0: portal. <laughs> His yeah. Off season? yeah. Jeez. Geez. Yeah. So that that recruiting class, though, man, uh, for Brock to be the last one standing, Jackson Hayes was a first round pick. You know, Kamaka Hepa transferred out, Gerald Liddell transferred out, and then Courtney Ramey Courtney Ramey did his time at Texas and gave gave the program a lot. It's kind of interesting though how Courtney leaves and you know you, you bring they bring in Tyrese Hunter and I love Tyrese but Tyrese is kind of the same guy where you know you know the talent is there you just don't really know night to night what you're gonna get. I mean he could he could go off for twenty and be a pit bull on defense or he could put up a goose egg and be a complete non-factor. Like if you just, Tyrese Hunter would just find a nice baseline where you know what you're going to get from him night in and night out. Same thing I always said with Courtney. I think people would feel better about it. It's just the the volatility, Jordan, the volatility with Courtney Ramey and Tyrese Hunter uh, was, was full force. I, I still say, do you want to die on the hill that of in that kind of, era of Lake Travis and, and Westlake basketball. You know, when you look at the Westlake products, right? It was Brock, it was KJ Adams, it's Will Baker. And w- Battle of the Lakes in basketball was, you know, it was a, a blockbuster matchup for a few years. Yeah. I mean, hey, Garrett Wilson, die, DJ Torp. Do you want to die on the hill that the Brett best Beatty too? The best basketball prospect in those games is playing wide receiver for the New York Jets right now
1: um look if he was to put all his eggs in the basketball basket basket i think he would have gone further than all of the other dudes did so yes um and also i want to make it very clear greg brown me and a lot of other people who saw him and had a lot of exposure to him because again i also saw him like in tournaments when he was young We knew that he was not the number three player in the country or whatever, 24-7 or whoever had him ranked at. He couldn't buy a jump shot. Um, Will Baker, on the other hand, me and a lot of the people also were like, I don't know about this dude because he was just incredibly kind of soft in high school. Uh, If anything, the most, like, bona fide out of the three of them that I thought was going to pan out the best was always K.J. Adams, but at the same time. KJ was my class, and even I can pull up the photos. I'll have to dig for him. I uh, played a little bit of elementary AAU with uh, KJ Adams, so I always saw him from an early age that he'd pan out. So I'm not, not surprised to see he's one of the stronger players in the Big 12. But Jordan,
0: do not—I just sent you a text. Do not read that on the air, but just file that away for future reference. You'll—you'll uh, need—you'll—you'll you'll, you'll, you'll want it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> more read that on the air oh, here but God. yeah file that away for future reference now you know what though greg brown's interesting just from this standpoint you, you can say it's kind of like the transfer thing you were talking to and we see it way more often in basketball than doing football mm. i felt like what would have benefited greg more we see some guys do it like the football players that they go to img for like a semester and then come back and they'll try to go, well, blah blah blah. Like, no, dude, you just realized you weren't good enough and weren't gonna get to play as much as you thought. Like it's just be honest. Like I felt like what Greg really needed is his senior year. If he'd have gone to Montverde or Sunrise Christian or La Lemire, one of these hoops factories, I think Greg Brown would be further along because the adjustment from playing the competition he played in high school. And I know these guys play a lot of travel ball, but the competition he played in high school, I don't think that benefited. I think it hurt more than it helped. Whereas if he would have been at one of those hoops factories playing a national schedule, I think he would have been number one, more college ready coming out of high school. And two would have had a more realistic view of where he stood in terms of his NBA stock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it, it's funny you talked about him transferring to other schools. Like the amount of times um, rumors have, or rumors spread that he was going to transfer to Westlake was ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Also, the amount of
1: I I wasn't super active on. Hey, hold on,
0: real quick though. Wouldn't based on where he, I don't know where Greg lived, but geographically, wouldn't have it made more sense for him to transfer to Lake Travis? Okay.
1: But the, the Vandergrift and Westlake, they also share a border as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but uh, but no, there, <laughs> what I was saying, there's a ton of rumors about Arch Manning transferring to Westlake that actually very much had legs. Uh, I know you're shaking your head, Jeff. <laughs> I had multiple players and parents at Westlake, like, look me in their eyes. And tell me they were getting him, and then I go ask their coaches. And they'd be like, "Yeah, you work in progress," and I'd be like, "Good fucking luck." That, that's what I told them. Because each time I'm like, "He's not leaving Newman." The, the field is named after him, but Jaden Greyhouse and his and his people both told me, looked me in the eyes, and told me they were getting Arch Manning. Me
0: I that. never believed it for a second.
1: Trust me, I didn't believe it either. But I'll tell you, people at Westlake very much thought they I, were going to get him for his senior
0: year. I did I did not go see Arch at Newman. But between Mike Roach and everybody in our network, I know plenty of people that did. And, you know, knowing people that have followed from that part of the country, that have followed the Manning family from Peyton and Eli's recruitments all the way through Arch, that family was so loyal to yeah. Newman. And it's such a part of Manning football DNA, there'd have been no way. Now, at that point, after Art's committed to Texas, did I hear all the, not even rumored innuendo, but that Cooper was already looking into, you know, his various business interests and looking at setting up some things in Austin on that side of town? Yeah, do, do I do is some of that plausible? 100%, because Cooper Manning's a smart guy. You know, he's got a lot of business interests. And if you're going to do business in, in and around our fair bird, well, you know that that West Side of town is probably where you want to do a lot of it. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I I believe some of that, but dude, I I never, for a half a second, let myself fall into the uh, the Arch Manning to to Westlake stuff.
1: Yep, yep.
0: Well, there's there's one there's a there's one or two of those every year, Jordan. Where you're like, dude, if I'm gonna be wrong, I'll I'll risk being wrong on this. Yeah. Because I yeah. just don't – it ain't, you know, the juice isn't worth – it's not – the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Um, Real quick, something CB mentioned in the chat said, there were times I thought Raimi would punch Shaka because he always gave Shaka dirty looks. I'll say this, like, on the court, that's where I see some similarity. just the, the, the volatility in their play this is where I draw the parallels between Courtney and Tyrese Hunter. I think from a personality standpoint, I don't think they could be – they couldn't be more different. Like, Tyrese just – you talk about a guy that by the time what Tyrese was 13 I think by the time he lost both parents just a guy that's been through a lot of stuff in his life and I just think has a real unique perspective really unique outlook on life there's it can almost you can almost watch Tyrese Hunter and accuse him of like being aloof and not caring but I think that's just how he compartmentalizes things and just processes things where it's like you never see him get overly emotional he's kind of the same guy Whereas Courtney, that volatility in his play, there's that volatility was in his personality too. I remember I was at a practice one time where they're just doing some, some inter-squad scrimmage stuff and Courtney's teammates are yelling at him because he's, you know, doing the wrong things on defense or doing the wrong things on offense and Courtney starts jumping back and it's almost like the element. And I love Courtney. I appreciated his passion while he was here, but it's almost like watching the elementary school teacher have to take like the second or third grader and sit them out of recess because they're playing too rough. Like Shaka, like basically had to go tell Courtney to go sit in the corner. Like Courtney, you just need to just walk off the floor, just go, just leave. And like you see Courtney, just got like, go stand in the corner. And like I forget who it was, and, uh, what which assistant coach it was that was there at the time. Maybe it was Luke Yock, which I don't remember. Somebody's over in the corner talking to Courtney. I'm like, man, just. It, the, the, it's not a it wasn't an act with Courtney Ramey. like that. What really was his personality? Whether he's on the practice court, you see him in a pickup game. You remember? I don't know if you remember watching it, Jordan. There was the game, uh, Shaka's last year. Courtney and Andrew Jones got into it during a huddle toward the end of the West Virginia game. So that's just. With Courtney Ramey, you, you take it's you funny. take passion for better or
1: worse. The the instance you brought up about him my practice, I've seen at a few high school practices where <laughs> the coaches had to be like, "Yo, like chill the fuck out, like you're gonna play in the NFL, <laughs> like you don't gotta hurt all my other players. Yeah,
0: just go, um, just go cool." And that's the thing, man. Like especially you see it at the smaller schools more often. Like you go to like a two A, three A practice, something like that. Like, you're like, man, why isn't your starter player practicing? And it's, the coach is like, I can't get anybody hurt. Like, it's a safety precaution that I've got to tell him to, like, I'm sure, I'm sure if you went to a Connolly practice, there were probably times where Jelani McDonald's standing off on the sideline. They're like, I can't, I can't have him. It's not, I'm protecting, I'm not protecting him from getting injured. I'm protecting my other guys from getting hurt because I can't have him blowing up a running back, you know, in an inside hole drill and, you know, suddenly I don't have a starting running back on Friday. Mm.
1: Damn, sorry. I was reading CB yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're reading CB um,
0: stuff. That's the old school about uh, um, David McWilliams, uh, John Makovic botching Cooper Manning's recruitment, which cost allegedly cost Texas Payton. But, you know, the one that don't, uh, I, I Oscar BK is coming up here in about 10 minutes or so, uh, you'll get BK and Trey
1: um yeah the first person i've ever heard w- wanting to you want to see that guy's face
0: yeah <laughs> we all have a face is- the radio so oh yeah oh yeah um Go thank ahead. god bk you know as long as bk doesn't you know come november he's gonna be rocking the stash which automatically comes with a restraining order to stay within 500 yards from a school but the uh no, the thing that I was going to mention with CB's post about the Mannings to kind of wrap up the Manning family conversation. I didn't think we were going to go Arch Manning to Westlake rumors on this show today. That's where we go on this show. We just go down rabbit holes and it doesn't yeah. stop.
1: Man, my my favorite shows when we're able to talk about uh, the local high school sports. Because, yeah. Uh, it's very clear, at least from my point of view, that like the uh, Austin and the kids in Austin don't get nearly the amount of media coverage the kids in Houston or Dallas do. And I understand I'm part of that problem as I moved from Austin yeah, to Dallas Jordan. to better my career, but uh, I always love when we get to talk about the local kids and not not just the local kids too, just high school football in Texas. So,
0: you got to remember, man, yeah. I mean growing up, I I didn't get I didn't get the I got Direct TV Christmas 1995. So I would have been 12 at the time. So from the time I started watching TV till I was 12, all I got was local news. Well, Friday nights, you get home from the from the game, or get home from my brother's game or whatever. My if my dad was doing stats, I go on the road with him, we come back. Man, I got Austin, I got I got the highlights. It was Friday football fever or whoever was doing you know TV coverage. So growing up, man, I thought like, you know, dudes like Sean Mitchell and Robert Crenshaw and Reggie Brown, like guys like that were you know the elite of the elite for me. You know that's back when like Reagan was a state powerhouse and LBJ Reagan was the bit like what Lake Travis Westlake is now. Third, I guess that'd be like 30 years ago. That was Reagan LBJ was that game. That was the game that it was stopped down. The Statesman sending a couple staff members there. All the TV stations are going to be there. That was the game in the area. So I love high school football in 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 the Austin area. It's been yeah. crazy to see it come and go and flow. And I, I love the fact that, you know, uh you know, Andrew Jackson, Coach Andrew Jackson kind of started it and then you know Coach Fenner took it from there. The run LBJ has had has been uh, it's been awesome to watch that. I've loved watching them do what they've done.
1: Yeah. Hey Rod, I'm with it. Once we uh once we get to the season, we gotta we gotta cook something up, but Seth, I've been looking at your comment. Apparently, Grand Prairie coaches had to tell Savion Red to chill out (laughs) during practice because he was hurting teammates. Can confirm. Um,
0: That's the thing, man. Sometimes. Savion,
1: I I think I've talked a lot about Savion on this show, probably more than other people in other markets talk about, the fourth string running back or whatever he is. But um, big-time Savion Red fan. In fact, uh, there are thousands of inside jokes that have been made about, like, Savion getting to Texas and, like, the coaches being scared of him because he's so intense or, like, other stuff like that. And, like, coaches at Texas having to be like, Savion, you can't bully everyone. Like, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but that, that's all joke and matter. But, man, Savion, when when he committed, uh, there was a lot of people who were very curious as to why Texas was taking a kid whose, like, only offer was SMU or whatever and was a low three-star. But I think it's panned out well. I've always liked the addition, and Mike has talked about it a lot. But uh, whenever Mike reached out to his sources at Texas the day that he had found out Savion committed, you know, he had asked, what about Savion made you all want to go last minute to be like, you know, we need this guy in our class? And the response Mike was given was, we have too many kids from the suburbs. It's about time we get someone from the apartments. And that's what Savion is. Um, you know, just straight up dog. And like, go watch yeah. his
0: film. Um, so, the, the post CB mentions uh, where the camera caught Savion Red going at someone on the Texas Island. I yeah, he sure threw a crip on Marion on that. Uh, yeah, Brittany pretty Marion. Yeah.
1: Oh, that shit. I thought that was, I remember watching that live and my jaw dropping. <laughs> like, never did I think I would see a Texas player throw up the set. On one of their own coaches on national tv but hey that's what happened so yep um we got five minutes i don't know what's what's the rest of your day look like what do um
0: you got? i got a doctor's appointment at one o'clock so i got that going on and i you know oh I'll, I'll talk to you about it this afternoon i may or may not be here tomorrow i've got a speaking engagement on campus at texas state i've also got some uh, personal business to tend to late morning, so I I may be here, I may not. We may have to put uh, it may be you and Hank South tomorrow. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, right. I'm 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 gonna we'll, we'll figure it out. But I may or may not be here tomorrow. So I'm I'm tentative for tomorrow. Jordan will definitely be here tomorrow. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I'll be here tomorrow. I might miss y'all on Friday. Um, I'm kind of trying to figure out how I can get over to Alamo Heights on Friday. I don't even know if they let guys like me do school visits because <laughs> you know prior to michael terry they don't really produce a ton so yeah yeah uh, i might not be here on friday but i'll, I'll let you and bk know for sure hey um, if, if
0: you if you don't get into at alamo highs if you don't get into the school maybe you can just go take a field trip and like just go down to the actual alamo you ever been there yeah, I've
1: been up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's another reason why I was hilarious, Coach Four Twenty. But no, I've I've been to the Alamo a bajillion times. I've walked past it a bajillion times. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fun, fun time though. So
0: you, you want to go like go buy you a Victor Wembanyama jersey or something while you're down there?
1: Man, you know, I'm actually I might piss some people off, but I, I really don't care for the city of San Antonio um like it's yeah, I feel I'm like with you it, I'm about, all, right, all
0: right all right all right hey no before you say anything else I will say it for you these are not Jordan's words these are mine most overrated city in the state is San Antonio mm. yes it is
1: I think I can get behind that I'm just trying to think of like who even what other cities are even in that conversation but also like, Obviously, Houston, Dallas, Austin aren't gonna be included. So, like think, what tiny cities are we gonna call overrated? I think,
0: I think I think Houston is properly rated. It's got its pros and cons. Uh I think Dallas is properly rated. I, I think Fort Fort Worth is I think properly rated, maybe a little slightly underrated, Fort Worth. Uh Austin, I think, is properly rated to maybe slightly overrated just because nobody – my biggest complaint with Austin, Jordan, is nobody in this town knows how to drive. Nobody. Go to Houston, go to Dallas. Everybody knows how to handle traffic. It's almost second nature to people. Nobody in Austin knows how to drive.
1: The good thing about, like, driving in Austin is, like, I don't know, if someone's going to be really stupid about driving and, like, potentially piss you off to the degree where you'd like to, like, you know, Take have a conversation visit. with fists. Yeah. I'm gonna feel better about my chances in Austin than I will in Houston or Dallas. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I guess this 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 is my read on San Antonio. And Coach 420, thank you. I appreciate what you said. Don't worry, I'll hit on that. But San Antonio,
0: she be she be having the River Walk. Jordan on one arm, a churro in the other hand.
1: River Walk, <laughs> incredibly boosted. Like it's sewer water with boats that go through. It's, it's cool the first time. Don't the care food, for the river walk.
0: The food is way overpriced. Yeah, Anywhere I, you I go don't. San Antonio.
1: Uh, sure, agreed. Um, two, the main thing everyone talks about with San Antonio, or at least guys my age, the Latinas, right? <laughs> but man, I'm from Austin. The part of Austin I'm from is only about an hour 15 from San Antonio. I can get them in Austin. You feel me? Like, yeah. I don't got to go to San Antonio if I want to see some Latinas. So that takes away even more of the the points that San Antonio has going for him. Uh, 1919, oh, Bucky got jumped at the Riverwalk. I, I've never been jumped before, so uh can't can't say that especially about coach 420
0: you got me cracking up with the hot cheetos fingers line look man that's that's half of my people right i'm half Hispanic so that's that's half my people i I don't go go to san antonio i don't go to san
1: antonio unless i absolutely have to be there uh either for the all-american game playoff games uh at the alamo dome in like november um is when they'll do high school playoff games there sometimes in december and then uh, the All-American Bowl, I think I already mentioned that. And, and that, by the way, like, the
0: Alamo Dome sucks too.
1: Look, here, okay, I'll uh, I'll draw the line of for hate at the Alamo Dome. No, I like dude, the Alamo, Alamo Dome, Dome
0: sucks. The Alamo Dome sucks so bad.
1: People, people are going to shit on the Alamo Dome. I love vibes of a of a playoff high school football game in the Alamo Dome. Because here's the thing that y'all got to realize. Jeff, I know you are saying that the Alamo Dome absolutely sucks. The playoff high school games, if they're not at the Alamo Dome, it means they're at that dog ass, trash ass Alamo Stadium.
0: Okay, now we're gonna differ there now. Which
1: is a thousand times worse.
0: We won't slander the rock pile. All right. No, so, we
1: are slandering the rock pile when it's a November playoff game and it's like twenty degrees out and the other options right, yeah, in Okay,
0: I'll I'll I got you there. So you there.
1: so that that's why I like the Alamo Dome. But outside of the Alamo Dome, not a not not a ton of uh Perks, I guess, you, to jump off the page. In all
0: seriousness, though, like I get like DeSoto and Willis play at the Alamo Dome, right? And I I've had these conversations with Claude Mathis before. So I, I could tell people why. Like, why man? Why is DeSoto want to play at the Alamo Dome? Man, coaches more than anything, once you get in the playoffs, a climate controlled venue, you can't put a price tag on that if you can play in one. You know, that's why that's why some coaches will be willing to play like you know on Black Friday, they'll be willing to play like an 11 a.m. kickoff on Black Friday at NRG just to make sure that they've got a climate-controlled venue.
1: Dude, that's like, uh, Mike, Mike Roach always makes jokes about this just because he's real close friends with him, but uh, Josh Gibson, who's the the head coach at Texarkana Pleasant Grove, where uh, one of Texas commits is from, uh, Lance Jackson, down in East Texas. During the playoffs, like, Josh Gibson will try to play East Texas teams, like, I don't know, Carthage or Gilmer, like, Mm -hmm. in the second round. He'll try to go play those guys at the star. (laughs) 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 Because, like, and Mike and I make jokes that if he could, he'd play state at the star over Arlington. Um, But he loves the star, and any chance he can, he always tries to, to play there, like, for the exact reason you said. Um. Okay, I, I didn't know I messed up the uh, the Bucky story with the with the. I thought y'all were saying someone jumped in while he was at the River Walk. Not that he jumped into the river at the River Walk, but uh, but I understand now.
0: In Coach 420, I, I will agree with you. They are built different down in San Antonio. So as much as I as much as I kid and jest. Uh, yeah.
1: Hey, you're, you're not. <laughs> that is funny. We'll cook you a good meal, then watch you sleep, making sure you don't cheat. Uh, no, I'll be in, in San Antonio on Friday. I'm going to actually have a meeting. I got to meet with the source, so that's why I need to figure out what time to be at Alamo Heights.
0: So. Well, you'll be in my thoughts and prayers while you travel to the most overrated city in our state. So. <laughs> is it overrated? I feel like yeah. everybody knows that San Antonio is a shithole. Trey, no. you. <laughs> Talk, uh, talk to uh, somebody here, from San here, Antonio. Here he comes. They're awful proud about their city, and they shouldn't be because no, it's a dump. I wholly
2: agree with you on that one.
0: Everyone's proud of where they're from, right? For better or for
2: worse. Like, the real tell and if a city is cool or not is if people from outside of your city say it's cool. Like, I, I don't think anybody from outside San Antonio says San Antonio is cool. Therefore, the city is uncool.
0: Yeah, you know... uh, it's funny when my wife and I started dating, because uh, she's from Seguin, so she would go to San Antonio for stuff more than she'd go to Austin, and then because of my pull, we started going to Austin for to do more stuff, and she's like, yeah, I didn't realize how awful San Antonio was. She was like I always knew it was kind of bad, but didn't know it was that bad. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. It sucks really bad, and the Alamo Dome is you know, if the city of San Antonio was the human body, the Alamo Dome would be the sphincter. <laughs>
1: and it's funny the the all-american bowl um the 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 way it's at san antonio and check-in day they come in we get their height and weight we can talk to them interview them for as long as we can one of the questions kind of you know to butter up i guess the prospects before it's time to start asking stuff on record you know first time down here like what do you think and almost all of them are like uh... (laughs) 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 or i'll be like yeah hey Man, I'm Jordan, nice to meet you. I'm from Austin, like, hour, hour 15 up the road. This is your first time down here? Like, you know, what are your thoughts? And they're all just like, yeah, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. But they, no. no. like, But they're never going to take uh, the All-American Bowl away from San Antonio because, like, it's the only place probably in America that people are going to continue to show up. Like, you go watch the Under Armour game. The stadium in Orlando is completely empty every year.
0: Huh. Man, hey, uh. You think about, like, all the great NFL players that are in the league now that have been in the All-American Bowl, like Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, and, like, we let those Trevor Lawrence, we let those guys, their first impression of the state of Texas was sending them to San Antonio. I wonder why they didn't give Texas a shot. Mm. It's awful. You talk about the recruiting disadvantage this football program has been at, BK.
1: Hey, Jeff, no, that's real shit, though, because – Starting next year, it's going to be 25s and 2026s. But the only reason it's two years is because um, it's going to be an all-junior game, and they can't just make it an all-junior game the first year and then skip the 25 class. So that's why the 25 class and 26 are combining this year. But going forward, it's going to be a lot of All-Americans. First times in in Texas will be San Antonio in January. So, Mm. Yeah.
2: Rough
0: San Antonio. I can get I can get better Mexican food in San Marcos than I can in San Antonio. Ooh,
3: yeah, this is ridiculous. This is this is how uncultured San Antonio is. That's all there is in San Antonio. <laughs> I don't have anything yeah. else. That's the definition of lack of culture.
2: I was gonna say the, the San Antonio has the Mexican food figured out way better than Austin does, but that's
3: I wouldn't I wouldn't say way better. Austin does just fine for itself in the Mexican. You gotta know where to go, man. Okay, we
1: also. There's Tex-Mex
2: and Mexican, right? I said I said Mexican. I didn't say Tex-Mex. I said Tex-Mex Mexican. is pretty strong. Yeah, uh, the that's,
3: that's interior Mexican food places than San Antonio does. There, I fucking said it. Mm. Come on, if you want to, I will prove you wrong. We will go have some meals at good interior Mexican food places in this city.
2: Okay, how many Mexican restaurants can you name in San Antonio? I can pull up a list. All right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I trust your
3: take then. Taco Bell, Taco Bueno, Taco
2: Cabana. Boom. <laughs> uh, well, that's not helping your argument, actually, because those are as good as it gets
3: right there. a couple of those places. They're, they're fine. They're, it's good Mexican food down there. I'm not disagreeing with that, yeah. but it's time to stop with the narrative that the Mexican food there is that much better in Austin. That's yeah. no longer the case. That was the case back in the 80s and 90s. That is no longer the case is though. You, have are y'all,
0: CB, have CB y'all bring been to me, it, it, It's good, but... I don't need to drive an hour away to get – it's not worth the drive down there. I'm going to pass a lot of good places on the way.
1: Yeah, the uh, the only, like, local staple place we ate at, because they moved – all the All-American stuff used to be at the Grand Hyatt, which is, you know, the, the big-ass Hyatt building next to the Alamo Dome downtown. They moved it to – uh, it's called, like, the Hill Country Hyatt or the Hyatt Regency or something, which is about 20 minutes from the Alamo Dome. And it's like kind of a resort style thing, and since it's on a big piece of property and there's restaurants there, we weren't leaving a ton. But the one local place we did go to, uh, it's super popular. I forget the name though. It's the Bill, place Bill where they're Miller known
0: barbecue.
1: No, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right next to the Almaden. No, it's the uh, it's like the famous Tostada Burger place. Y'all know what I'm talking about?
3: Mm-mm.
1: It's like it's Tostada Burgers. It actually was really really good. Um So burgers on the but, like crisp tortillas. No, no, no. Vice versa, where it's burgers with with the crisp tortillas like inside them, oh, yep. and like beans and stuff. Yeah, I like that. It adds a then crust it the is cheese and stuff too. I, I'm I was hoping someone. It's like they had a bunch of awards all inside so the so building. It's like and stuff.
0: Wrap supreme, but with a hamburger bun instead of. I
1: guess, 14. yeah. I don't know. I figured someone, one of our viewers, might know what it is because I'm not going to remember the name. But um, it was Hank's idea, so uh, Hank might remember tomorrow.
2: Is this uh, is this place but, in San Antonio?
1: Uh, yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's like five minutes from from. Uh, yeah, Trinity, Trinity University. That Look, was Trinity we
0: were at. I I, I got to run. We're talking about we're talking about you know Mexican food and like you know well-known establishments i know bk takes a lot of crap from people about his love for taco bell but all i'm saying is i haven't had one in a while but maybe the best go-to in a pinch fast food item probably still is the bean burrito at taco bell what yeah talking about I'm, bean what? burrito, <laughs> you boys have lost your minds. BK, back me up on this. The <laughs> bean burrito goes hard, man. I mean, it
2: does. I, I'd I'd probably pick ten other items at Taco Bell no, ahead of man. the bean burrito. The bean burrito. I won't ever slander any Taco Bell item, so you're you're not going to find you you're not going to find a, a total disagreement from me on that. I can count on your
0: support always. Ooh,
2: look.
1: Let's be honest, like Taco Bell food, like at the very best, like B minus, maybe B on a good day, just B flat. Right. But the good thing about Taco Bell, it's super or at least on my end, it seems to be pretty consistent. You know what the hell you're going to get, you know, Taco Bell. I mean, I'm ordering the same thing every time. Yeah, so.
3: I know what you're getting too. You're getting Chihuahua meat when you order something with "quote unquote" beef, and the bean burritos do go hard. They go really hard after they're not under that heat lamp for about three minutes.
0: Hey man, the if you if you really want me to get real about fast food, BK, have you ever had the uh, the beef and bean burrito at All You ever stopped in All Sups and gotten the beef and bean burrito? I don't think that I have. I'm telling man Trey, you laugh, but I'm telling you, you find an all subs in West Texas, if they're fresh, a fresh beef and bean burrito at all subs. There are very few things in life that are that good. I'm just telling
1: yeah. you. Yeah. Hey, um, Daryl G is correct. It is Chris Madrids. That's the name of the burger place. The, mm. the style of Burgers and shit. All
0: right, I gotta run. Maybe I'll follow Double D and get me some diarrhea wrapped in a tortilla, aka the <laughs> burrito Taco Bell.
1: <laughs> good job. <guys. laughs> all right. See you guys. See y'all.